Crossover Thursday coming up. Lauren Cox of Locked On Bears, and I will tell you how each side of this matchup can pull out a win on Thursday night. That and more coming up on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into this crossover Thursday episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And you can continue this conversation with me by becoming a Locked On Commanders insider. Simply go to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders. And from there, you can text me one-on-one about games, practices, news, rumors, fantasy, whatever it is you want. I'm your host, David Harrison, on Twitter at DHarrison82, credential member of the media, covering the Washington Commanders for CommanderCountry.com and part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. I'm here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers and everydayers. As you know, I greatly appreciate your support for the show. Now, without further ado, let's bring in Lauren Cox of Locked On Bears and get started on this Crossover Thursday episode of Locked On Commanders. Today's Crossover Thursday episode brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the promo code locked on NFL, all lowercase for a first deposit match up to $100. And on this crossover episode, we're going to discuss what the Chicago Bears and the Washington Commanders both have to do to come out of FedEx Field with a win on Thursday nights. And we're going to discuss some key matchups and players for week five along the way. But first, we're going to start with the biggest things happening around each team. So, Lauren, what is going on around the Chicago Bears these days? What isn't going around with the Chicago Bears these days? I mean, you know what I mean? It's like pick your pick your scandal, pick your controversy, pick your story. Uh, The big one this week, though, has been the Chase Claypool situation. And we don't need to get too deep into it because he's not going to play in this game. And I I, like the whole the story is that he's not going to play in this game like that. That's kind of the whole thing that he has been asked to stay away from the team and is largely I mean, the Bears aren't saying specifically what happened, but you read between the lines you know, he was made a healthy scratch on Sunday. They felt like his effort hasn't been where they want it to be. Matt Eberflus kind of hinted that there have been maybe issues in terms of meetings and attitude and participation. And yeah. he, he also spoke out against the coaching staff last week on Friday and kind of expressed that he didn't feel like he was being used properly here. The Bears claim it wasn't retaliation for those quotes, but obviously wish he hadn't, hadn't said it. But now we're to the right. point where he's either going to be cut or traded and there's not really any path to him returning to this team, barring some sort of miracle, uh, you know, come to Jesus moment where everybody gets together and sings Kumbaya. So Chase Claypool's out. It's a matter of whether another team will give the Bears a seventh round pick to go get him or whether they'll just have to cut him out right at the trade deadline. Yeah, I wonder if you can give a conditional seventh round pick that is like, it's a seventh rounder if he's on our roster for four games or more. But if he's not, you get nothing like you just you just get nothing from us. I don't know if that's even allowed by the NFL bylaws. But, yeah, it's it's an interesting story, man, because uh, I remember him coming out of college. You know what I mean? And I, I really liked him coming out of Notre Dame. I, re- I really thought the Pittsburgh Steelers got themselves a little bit of a steal. And, and you know, uh, I, things have just not gone well for Chase Claypool. And and, yeah, I mean, the comments about the coaching staff, I mean, it didn't work for Justin and. Justin says he wasn't even really trying to throw the coach staff under the bus. So I don't know why he thought it would work uh, for him anyway. But like you said, not going to play in the game, but that certainly still impacts the game because again, any, any potential talent that's not on the field certainly is going to impact the game uh, as it gets played. 
what we're looking at here in Washington, obviously young quarterback, Sam Howell, Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator, those are big storylines. And, and they're certainly going to play heavily into what happens in this game. But really the buzz right now, Lauren, is about the defense. And it's about the lack of defense uh, that people are seeing with the Washington Commanders. Right now, the Washington Commanders are bottom 10 in the NFL defensively and rushing and passing yards allowed per play while sacking the quarterback at a higher rate this year than they were last year. But when you really get down in the weeds of it, They've gotten six of their 13 team sacks over the course of two games. They got shut out in one game completely, and then they got seven sacks against the Denver Broncos. So just a very up and down season uh, for the defense, for the team in, in general, but especially for the defense. But the bottom line is coming into this game, the Washington Bears defense has given up 30 points or more in each of the last two games. Now, one of those was the Buffalo Bills, right? Expected AFC contender, you know, been to the AFC championship game multiple times in recent years. One of those was the Philadelphia Eagles just got done. Uh, losing a Super Bowl. So there's a little bit of a grain of salt to be said there, but team player, but but fans, media members, the team itself, they're still frustrated that a defense that they all want to be top 10, top eight, they're eyeing for a top five position is still giving up 30 points in these two situations. And and for commanders fans, that's 30 points without the Sam Howell uh, uh, pick sixes and, and, and all those things, fumble sixes. That's their Arizona Cardinals game. But without the offensive contributions, that's just the defense. So a lot of people are wondering, is this going to be a get right game for the Washington Commanders defense? And it's interesting, Lauren, because this is a little bit of a flip in the narrative, because over the last few years, we're used to talking about the Washington Commanders being the get right game for other teams. And when I look at the Chicago Bears, if there is a scenario where the Chicago Bears could potentially get right in this game, it would be in the sack department. How has the Chicago Bears pass rush been so far this season? And do you think they can be the latest it's like the Arizona Cardinals? I think they're like third or fourth in, in team stats as far as sacks is concerned, but like all but two of those sacks or something. And that's, I'm exaggerating, but a lot of those sacks came against the Washington Commanders. Yeah, you know, you, you talk about the frustrations with the Commanders defense, and you're not going to find a lot of sympathy from Chicago Bears fans. You know, <laughs> you said they gave it up 30 points in the last three games. The Bears, I think, are at 14 straight games, over 25 points allowed, which is an NFL record for the most consecutive yeah. games allowing that many points, dating back to last season, obviously, with a defensive head coach. Uh, and a big part of that is the lack of pass rush. I mean, I think this season, it's a continuation of last season, despite adding a guy like Unique Ngakwe during training camp and you know, signing a guy like Demarcus Walker over from the Tennessee Titans and bringing in Andrew Billings and those tackle. Like, those guys are improvements talent-wise over what they had last season, but we really haven't seen the production join that level yet. And I think part of that is because it's sort of a symbiotic relationship with the coverage on the back end. And the Bears have had all of their defensive injuries have been concentrated at cornerback and safety. And so as much as like this Bears pass rush isn't very good on its own, it's that much mm -hmm. harder to be a good pass rush when you've got three backup cornerbacks and at times two backup safeties. Like all five players in your nickel package have been backups at points in this season. Eddie Jackson's not going to play on Thursday. I'd be really surprised if he did. Jalen Johnson's not going to play on Thursday. I'd be really surprised if he did. So you're going to have two rookie outside cornerbacks Plus your slot is in is on IR. So you'll have all three of your cornerbacks are going to be backup or are going to be either rookies or backups plus one backup safety. So the pass rush yeah. never has a lot of time to get home because the coverage is giving up so easily and so quickly on the back end. So it, it's just one collective defensive mess. But they would love to get their pass rush going in this game and find some sacks again. They've had a few where they get home but can't finish at the quarterback. Uh, so like they're kind of close sometimes, and maybe this can be a time where they convert a couple of those, but I don't think that enough is enough for this Bears defense to all of a sudden fix everything. 
Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. And, and certainly Sam Howell against that pass rush, trying to get started. Sam Howell against that secondary, inexperienced or thin uh, on the top end is going to be a big part of who comes out winning this game. Interesting stat that I've kind of thrown out on my show and on uh, Commander Country on SI.com. Uh, Sam Howell has yet to have two straight solid QBR games or two games where he improved his QBR. So starting from his first start against the Dallas Cowboys, he has alternated lower QBR with a higher QBR uh, going back and forth. So this would be the game that his QBR would drop. But the Chicago Bears had not allowed a QBR under 114 yet this season, which means Sam Howell has a prime opportunity to potentially string together two solid QBR days. Hopefully this one coming out in a win after losing the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday. But is that the matchup that we are going to focus on the most when it comes to this Thursday night football matchup? We'll tell you that coming up next on this crossover Thursday episode of Locked On Commanders and Locked On Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And this crossover episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and then watch the winnings roll in. I take three players every Thursday night, though. That's my tradition during the season. I am taking for Thursday night football, Commanders quarterback Sam Howell for more than 250.5 yards of total offense as passing and rushing, running back Brian Robinson Jr. for more than 65.5 yards rushing, and Bears quarterback Justin Fields for more than half an interception. Prize Picks now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the promo code locked on NFL on all lowercase for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL, promo code locked on NFL. Prize Picks daily fantasy sports made easy. Thanks again, Locked On Bears and Locked On Commanders listeners, fans, and viewers for making us your first listens, your first views today, every day, uh, and every dayers. We appreciate you coming through and supporting these programs on a consistent basis. Football season is here and in, in the running, right? And Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On NFL Kickoff Live. Every Friday, Locked On will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Host Tanitra Batiste, Hart Jarvis Davis, and Kyle Krabs will break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and more. Plus, get, get the in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel uh, around. So more than likely, Locked On Bears, Locked On Commanders is where you're going to check that out. They will not be featured on this weekend's live kickoff because their game will be done and they will be resting for at least, what, 11 days. I don't know who the Bears face after that. If they're lucky, they get their bye week and they just get like a month off. But Lauren, uh, Chicago Bears are 0-4. The Washington Commanders are 2-2. Two and two. I don't know about the Bears folks, but 2-2 uh, two and two was what we would consider par for the Washington Commanders four games in. How do you feel about the Chicago Bears 0-4? And, and what do you think the biggest matchup is for uh, Ohio State legend Justin Fields to get the first win of the season for that franchise. It's uh, it's certainly as close to a disaster. I don't know if you can get more disastrous of, of an 0-4 start right now. It's to the point where, you know, the Chicago Bears have never fired a head coach during a season, like in the middle of a season in franchise history. There's some thought that a loss to the commanders, having that extra 10 days before they play the Vikings after that, could be yeah. a bad enough circumstance and enough time to make that head coaching change. The problem is Matt Eberflus is also the interim defensive coordinator because their defensive coordinator resigned after there were reports of 
some perhaps law enforcement investigation into, or so now they're saying it's an HR investigation into something he did. That's the kind of disaster we're sitting here at, at 0 and 4, and that, that this team has to sort of, that and the Claypool thing, put that aside and try and win your one-on-one matchups in this game. I mean, I think the big positional matchup here that every Bears fan is most worried about is the Bears offensive line against the commander's defensive line. Everyone mm-hmm. in Chicago is scared of the big front four that they have in Washington. And I was I was surprised to hear you talk about how I, mean, I had realized that their sacks have been kind of concentrated in some games because I have a feeling they're going to have some success in this one. Despite Justin Fields really playing the best game of his career last week against the Denver Broncos, set a franchise record for consecutive completions to start the game, career highs in completions, completion percentage, yards, and touchdowns. It was also against one of the worst defenses in football. So when I, when I go to that O-line, D-line matchup, I, I'm scared of Bears left tackle Larry Borum, who's the backup left tackle because the starter's on injured reserve, going up against Chase Young, but also the right tackle, the rookie Darnell Wright, going up against Montez Sweat. I think with Darnell Wright as a top 10 pick, he's got a lot of talent, but it's just a lot of up and down right now. Sometimes he looks really good and sometimes he'll get beat really quickly off the snap. And it's just that learning process for a young right tackle. So it's not like I'm worried about him being a disaster all game, but you're going to have those one or two plays where Sweat just blows by him and gets to Justin Fields. And then on the other side, Larry Borum is a below average swing tackle going up against Chase Young. It's a great opportunity for Young to get some things going here and, and start to build on his season in a more favorable matchup on that side. When both of your tackles are a real question, plus some questions on the interior, it does not make for a fine matchup when you see four studs lining up across from you. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's obviously a matchup that the commanders are going to want to exploit uh, as well and hopefully take advantage of. You speak of Chase Young and you know, we, we've had a lot of conversations on Locked On Commanders about what he was doing the last time we saw him healthy because it really wasn't all that great. Well, now he's already surpassed that sack total from that year, and he got injured eight and a half games into the season. He's only played three so far this year. So for him to already be surpassing that sack total, even though it wasn't a great sack total to begin with, but that is the improvement that you wanted to see out of Chase after getting his fifth year option decline, potentially looking to put the commanders in a very tough situation, having to pay him and Montez Sweat if they both prove uh, to be successful. But that's exactly what they're both looking to do. Montez Sweat started the season uh, with his hair on fire, especially with Chase Young missing the first week of the year and, and has really done well. Even against the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, three sacks. I think you want more sacks, but the pressures were there from time to time. And the Washington Bears defense as a whole is one of the better defenses in the league in getting pressure. The question is, especially against mobile quarterbacks, can you finish? And if you can't finish yourself, can you contain the quarterback to either force a bad throw, a hurry throw, or let your teammate finish? And that's really kind of been the question is, and I know we once called these guys greedy, right? But you have four first round picks on the defensive line, and that's great. But all four of these guys, they really like their own skill sets and think that they can really finish a play. So sometimes one or two of these guys does have, they do have a tendency at times to get outside their assignment and say, you know what? I'm talented enough. I'm supposed to go outside, but if I bend inside, I bet I can get to this quarterback. If they guess wrong, the edge is open. And that's where quarterbacks do a lot of their damage. And Justin Fields could certainly take advantage of that. I would also look out for Montez Sweat and actually Jamin Davis, uh, their former, well, their first round pick linebacker from a few years ago to actually combine his stress uh, that that rookie right tackle out and maybe do some interesting combination things to him to try to see if they can't get one of those guys free, like you mentioned. Um, Washington Commanders fans are going to be looking for Emmanuel Forbes, this year's first-round draft pick. And, Lauren, I don't know what your opinion on cornerbacks is and, and all that stuff. We all talk about quarterback being the toughest position to translate from college to the NFL, and especially if you don't come from a pro-style system in college, then you got to get used to the, the whole bit, basically different way of operating in the NFL. But I think cornerback, Left tackle, obviously, or blindside tackle, obviously, the second most important, right? But I think cornerback might be the second hardest position to translate from the college game to the NFL game, especially in your first season. Emmanuel Forbes, the first-round rookie, 
Uh, the commanders passed on Christian Gonzalez, and I know Christian Gonzalez is battling some injuries right now, but before that, the Patriots were super happy that he had fell uh, to them, and that was certainly causing some buzz around commanders fandom. Uh, he got he got abused, man. He got abused by the Philadelphia Eagles. A.J. Brown did a number on him. Now, the Chicago Bears don't have an A.J. Brown, but if you are the Bears and if you're looking to get an upset win here, you have to look at Emmanuel Forbes and say, look, this dude just got beat up. His confidence may not be where they say it is. We got to go out there. We got to try to get D.J. Moore on him. We got to try to get Darnell Mooney on him, and we got to try to exploit that. So do you think that's where the Chicago Bears will try to go, and how do you think – uh, that passing game can exploit a rookie that maybe isn't operating a full confidence. That's where the Chicago Bears should go. But unfortunately, uh, there's been plenty of criticism for offensive coordinator Luke Getze in terms of not being very good. Or And it's, it's certainly it's hard to tell, okay, how much is the play calling versus, you know, the quarterbacking and the offensive line not allowing the ball to get to the receiver. But getting the ball to DJ Moore has been more difficult than it should be this season. And... And last season, last week, excuse me, against the Denver Broncos was kind of the first game where it felt like he really was a focal point of the offense. Like he had 100 yards a couple weeks ago against Tampa Bay, but it was really like two big plays. One at the beginning of the game, one at the end of the game and everything else in between. Like he wasn't like they were constantly going to him. But last week against Denver, it was like, all right, a couple throws early and then you get it to him off and let him make plays after the catch. And, and Justin Fields was also balling and delivering. So it's hard to know again, like was that game plan specific, really making it easier for more, or was that just everything was going well and he was one of the main beneficiaries of that? Like, like the challenge here is even when you watch the all 22 of that Broncos game, there were, there was a couple of plays in that game where DJ Moore ran the rub route for Cole Komet, like not the other way around. You're not using the tight end to free up your number one wide receiver. You're using your number yeah. one wide receiver to free up your mediocre tight end. I mean, he took a, yeah. an okay tight end, but he's not, this is not freeing up Robert Gronkowski or Travis Kelsey or George Kittle. This is Cole Komet. So like, it's just stuff like that where you look at the offensive coordinator and it's like, why like, it's clearly in the play design, right? This is a route that's It's a man coverage rub route where it's clearly freeing up this other player. And that's who they threw it to. Like it's one read there, but why, why are we not putting your premier weapon in that position to be the guy. So like, so we, we don't have that faith that, oh yeah, they're going to find the one-on-one matchup against Forbes all game and just absolutely take advantage of that because they haven't seemed to do that schematically. And then also we don't trust the offensive line to hold up well enough for Justin Fields to have the time to get the ball to DJ Moore against Forbes in that matchup. And it, it just becomes kind of a cascading mess. Yeah, I hear you, brother. So uh, looking over now at most important players in this matchup, and we've I've kind of danced around to here throughout this episode. I think Sam Howell, I mean, the quarterback is the most important position on the field, Sam Howell is that quarterback. The thing about young quarterbacks, so that you always have to get a little bit concerned with is if early on that pass rush isn't getting home, pass pro is holding up, secondary is not doing a great job, he's feeling good, he's in rhythm, what can tend to happen is you get a little bit too comfortable, next thing you know you're holding the ball in the pocket for five seconds, you're not moving around, a strip sack happens, knock on wood, it doesn't result in a defensive touchdown, and all of a sudden, I call it feeding the gremlins. You're giving the monster that doesn't have to be a monster fuel to become that monster. And that's why I get worried about from a young quarterback. Sam Howell is incredibly intelligent, makes a lot of heady football plays, but even he will admit to you uh, that he's still learning how to make sure that his clock is on time. So that's why I've got Sam as the most important player outside of the fact that obviously he's the quarterback. Sure. Yeah. And you know, sometimes you get to year three with your young quarterback and they're still working on that internal clock in the pocket. So it's a, there's a certain patience there that eventually runs out when you stop counting. Okay. What career start is this for Justin Fields? It's like 30s. 30 something or other. And it's like, all right, uh, the clock's ticking here, but no, I mean, obviously fields is, is going to be the most critical player for the bears, but to go in a slightly non quarterback direction here, like the X factor for me coming into this game is Tevin Jenkins, the bears second round pick from a couple of years ago, went on injured reserve before week one, or I guess like technically 
you make the 53-man roster, but has not played yet this season. Designated to return this week, has been practicing in full, although it's kind of walk-through practices at this point, but there's an expectation that he's going to return and make his season debut. He'll plug in at left guard, where he was, this will be his first game ever playing at left guard. He played right guard last season, so in theory, there might be an adjustment there, but need to see him play that at a high level. And if he plugs in left guard, then Cody Whitehair, their current left guard, will move back to center. And he'll replace Lucas Patrick, who's been pretty abysmal for them at the center position. So in theory, you can kind of upgrade two positions with one return here. Even Cody Whitehair struggled a little bit at left guard this season, even though it's where he played last season. But they'd had him all offseason working on center until the Jenkins injury, which, again, frustrates the heck out of Bears fans when a guy's playing one spot all year after you moved him and then you just move him back at the first sign of an injury. But regardless, like you maybe can have the most stability on the interior of the offensive line that we've seen all season. Obviously we talked earlier about the tackles being a concern against sweat and, 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 uh, and chase young still very concerned about Duran Payne and Jonathan Allen in the middle there, but I may be slightly less concerned or maybe just more hopeful that Jenkins returning plus moving white hair back inside and, and Nate Davis settling in at right guard now can be a more formidable interior to at least keep the front of the pocket clean for Justin Fields if he needs to step up. Absolutely. So what has to go right for the Chicago Bears to win this game at FedEx Field on Thursday night? What has to go right for the Commanders to get their third win of the season, stay above that 500 mark? We're going to tell you that next on this Crossover Thursday episode of Locked On Commanders and Locked On Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's Crossover episode brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one Sportsbook right now, new customers, you get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed whenever you place a $5 bet. Literally, bet $5 on anything you want to on FanDuel, and you will get $200 in bonus bets whether you win or you lose. Currently, the Washington Commanders are five and a half point favorites to beat the Chicago Bears this Thursday night. So if you think the Bears are going to cover, drop five bucks on that. And whether they do it or not, you get 200 bucks. You think the Commanders are going to cover? Same thing. Uh, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is easy to use. There's a wide ranging uh, options or there are wide ranging options for betting, including spreads, player props, over-unders and more. And one of my favorite features, you can build your own parlays. And, and I love uh, doing that. I definitely get myself in trouble sometimes, though, because like I mentioned earlier, I tend yeah. to overthink things. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season, right? FanDuel official partner of the National Football League. Today's Crossover Thursday episode is also brought to you by BetterHelp. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like sometimes you're trying to focus on one thing, but this other thing, whether it be a problem, an experience you recently had, some other life event, some other external stressor, just keeps butting in and won't let you keep your eye on the prize. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. It's helpful to learn positive coping skills. It's helpful to, uh, to teach you how to set boundaries and empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And it's not just for those who've experienced major trauma. Any kind of stress that's getting in the way is stress that you need to deal with. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. And if you don't like the first person you get paired with to help you, you can switch. No reason need to be given. No excuses, no letters from anybody. If you want it, you get it. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. All right, we are here wrapping up this Crossover Thursday episode of Locked on Bears, Locked on Commanders. Talking about this Thursday night football matchup, Amazon Prime exclusive. Uh, Lauren NFL Films was in Ashburn, Virginia, doing all kinds of footage on practice and 
press conferences. I'm sure they got a lot of thrilling footage of the, the exciting walkthrough uh, that the commanders executed on Tuesday. So for the Bears to pull this thing off, whether it's cover the spread, whether it's completely win right out, uh, what do they have to absolutely nail on Thursday night against the commanders? A lot. And that's the problem, right? I mean, we we were we were on path for watching a victory last week on Sunday against the Broncos. And what went so mm-hmm. well for the Bears in that game, a, a couple of different things, but it feels like mainly Denver sat back coverage-wise and were extremely predictable. A lot of man coverage, which is really easy for fields to read, and a lot of just single deep safety coverage where, you know, pre-snap, if they, if they keep a safety deep, and they, 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 they never rolled their safeties back much at all. So you could tell pre-snap yeah. it's going to be single deep. They, you send the guy in motion, you know it's man or zone. All right, fields knows what his coverage is already. Snap throw, you're good to go. Like, But part of that, too, is, you know, getting into a rhythm early, building that confidence for fields. I think you saw him be so much more decisive in the pocket, stand in there and deliver a ball into a tight window with an unblocked player bearing down on his left side. Like he did that a few different times in that game and made some of the most impressive throws we've seen from him in a number of years. So the bears need to find a way early to make things easy on him, to get this offense rolling, feel like there's a lot of confidence that they can build on from at least the first three quarters of last week against Denver. And, you know, certainly that to me, that's going to come down to the pass rush versus the offensive line. I think the bears are going to be able to run the ball just fine. They've been able to pretty well do that all season and did it last season with, with pretty good success there. Teams are spying Justin Fields a bunch. I'm not expecting him to necessarily run all over Washington, but the regular ground game can take some of the pressure off of him. And then, yeah, get DJ Moore going against Emmanuel Forbes. Offensively, build some of that confidence. You can start to catch up that way. Defensively, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what you can do with this team. I mean, they, they blew a 28-7 lead against the Denver Broncos last week. Mm. I, I don't trust them to just hold on against Sam Howell, even though he's a younger quarterback. He's been, he's been impressive. And if they can't get a pass rush going against him and they got a super young secondary with a bunch of injuries to try and cover guys in the back end, there's no magic fix, right? You can't just say blitz more because I mean, they tried blitzing more against Russell Wilson and it kind of worked until he figured it out. So, So blitz less or try and mix up coverages more. Like there's just no magic fix for this defense. So what it'll take for them to win you know, a turnover, a, a batted pass at the line of scrimmage that gets picked off or a strip sack or something like that. You talked about, you know, Sam Howell maybe trying to do too much or being overconfident mm-hmm. in some of those moments. Like they need Washington to give them something. As, as long as Washington doesn't beat themselves, they should be fine. But if they have the special teams miscue, you know, the, the turnover that they, that they just kind of gift the Bears, it's got to be something like that because I don't trust the Bears on their own to just do it by themselves. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm glad you talked about that because that's where I'm, I'm going to take that and run right into what has to go right for the Washington Commanders because that is on the offensive side of the ball. Don't feed the gremlins, right? That, I said I used that uh, before. I'll use it again down the road, I'm sure. I used it the last time against the Arizona Cardinals in week one. That was the last time the Washington Commanders were as heavily favored uh, as they are in this one, and, and we're going into that matchup. And the thing about the Arizona Cardinals matchup is already raining. At FedEx field. So don't get them wet was not an option uh, for the Washington commanders. So you're already kind of halfway defeated, but then they had the turnovers, they had the sacks and they fed the gremlins and that gremlin almost uh, devoured them in week one, do the same thing against the Chicago bears and the Chicago bears certainly have uh, the personnel to make you pay for all those, those self-inflicted mistakes. And Sam Howell talked about that in his press conference uh, Tuesday afternoon. He said, look, there are no easy wins in the national football league. Their record is what their record is, but they still have playmakers over there. They still have a solid defense if they play uh, accurately. And he's, he's got to make the right decisions for his team in order for them to get the win. That's exactly the right mentality for Sam Howell to have. And as long as he doesn't feed the gremlins, they should be able to come out of FedEx with a home win Thursday night football. And then you've got a nice long break before you fly to Atlanta uh, to visit old friend Taylor Heineke. On the defensive side of things, Jack Del Rio's already talked about, Ron Rivera's already talked about, but you know what? They're hitting the nail right on the head, so I'm going to repeat it. Limit the explosives. The reason the Washington Commanders 
pass or yards per pass, yards per rush averages are so low. The reason they're bottom 10 in the league in those stats right now through four weeks isn't because they're just getting run over every down or they're getting passed on every down. It's because of the explosives, especially against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. That Buffalo Bills game really kind of skews a lot of statistical categories for the Washington Commanders, but they're not the only ones that did it. They gave up explosives in every game so far this season. Two of the four games they played, they've got one one play touchdown drives that they've given up in the secondary. You can't do anything, any of those things. You call it the defensive version of don't feed the gremlins. Make Justin Fields, make Khalil Herbert, make all those guys dink and dunk, make them go 10, 11, 12 play drives, and then wait for the opportunity to take advantage uh, of the mistake when it comes. So that's what the Chicago Bears have to do to get a win. That's what the Washington Commanders have to do to get a win. One of these teams is going to get a win. And I think that the one thing we can guarantee, Lori, because we actually can't guarantee that either of them is going to get a win. We've seen that. Um, I think this is going to be a more entertaining game than last year's Thursday night matchup between the Bears and Commanders. I think we can promise that much. Hopefully this episode was entertaining for Bears fans, Commanders fans. That's going to do it for this crossover Thursday episode of Locked on Bears, Locked on Commanders. Coming up, Lauren and I will have, uh, well, nothing, actually, post-game reactions. This is the last episode before kickoff. So make sure you come back to both shows for reactions after Whoever wins, whoever loses. In the meantime, make sure you're following Lauren on Twitter at Cox Sports One. You can find me at D Harrison82. As always, thank you so much for making us your first listens or views today and every day, every day. Thanks for coming through on both shows on a consistent basis, like you do. Thanks for making us part of your day, part of your routine. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and we'll both see you next time for the next episode of Locked On Commanders and Locked On Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. <laughs>